Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. I'm Logan Camden. I'm Carson Brabber. And this is Nerd Sesh. No! Oh my God! How could he do that? Are you on? Don't What? Charles Darwin. All right. Well, we are officially into football season, which means, unfortunately, for our sports history fans, we won't be doing quite as many of those while the NBA and NFL season are going on at the same time. Probably won't completely neglect them, but today we are going to be talking football because week one just happened. We're actually into week two now, and in fact, we've had one game in week two, but today, as we are prone to do, we're going to overreact to week one, and we're going to retract some of our preseason takes that we're already not feeling so hot about. So, Logan, let's start with the retractions. Let's start negative. What is your first thing that you're already taking back that you said from before the season? Uh, I'm caving on my Cowboys take. I cannot believe it only took one week, Carson. And they lost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Uh, my, my official take, the Eagles are not winning the NFC East. Uh, last two seasons, six and seven, and then three straight wins just to get to nine and seven. Um, I'm not confident in this offensive line, and that's ultimately why I'm doing it. Now, I know the Redskins are stout, Chase Young, one and a half sacks. Uh, Matt, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Matt I, one in sacks from the defensive tackle spot. And then Ryan Kerrigan, two sacks. Uh, the rookies on the O-line for the Eagles, Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig, looked good, but this could be a really long season for Carson Wentz and company with that revolving door at the guard spot. And the aging Jason Peters, I think he's done. Um, PFF rated him 48.7 against the run and 58.2 for pass blocking. Absolutely abysmal. Um, I don't expect this bad a game out of Carson Wentz week in and week out, two fumbles and two interceptions, but uh, this Eagles offense is certainly not what I thought it was. Um, the receiving core is not the issue to me. Goddard, Rieger, and Ertz seem to be on the same page with Wentz. The issue for me is the running game. Um, mm -hmm. Boston Scott, guys like, I, I just, I think with the run blocking on the O-line, the couple young guys, and I think, like I said, I think Jason Peters is shot. I think the run game and setting the tempo is going to be the issue for Doug Peterson in this offense. Uh, in my opinion, this is still the Cowboys division to lose as I grimace saying it because <laughs> I wanted to count the Cowboys out this season. Mm -hmm. And honestly... 
I'm not counting out Washington. I think this defense wow. is legit for uh, the Washington football team. Um, my one, I guess, I think my problem with Washington is just their offense is absolutely horrendous. But there is a world in which I see Dwayne Haskins game managing this team to seven and nine to eight and eight because that defense is that good and Ron Rivera is that good a coach. Carson, what is your first redaction? Well, I want to talk about this one first. Is seven and nine or eight and eight going to contend for the division, though? Do you think that little of the Cowboys? No. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with your anti Eagles take, though, here. And I think that the Cowboys are a significantly better football team. It's a miracle to me that the Eagles made the playoffs in each of the last two seasons individually. They've just skated by. And I mean, there are so many flaws with this team. The weapons do stand out when Boston Scott and Corey Clement are that's your backfield and Dallas Goddard was your leading receiver and Dallas Goddard's good. Uh, and, and they do have weapons in the receiving game. You're right, but it's just a strange group that they trot out there. And Wentz as good as he is probably can't overcome all this. And I really don't think the defense has improved. I don't think that they're trotting out some all world defense now. And I just don't think they have nearly enough to compete with the Cowboys talent wise. Speaking of talent, my first redaction, and this came quickly. I don't think the Browns are going to the playoffs. It's been two weeks now. We saw them bounce back, get a win in week two. And yes, they don't have Greedy Williams right now, but man, they are having some trouble defensively. Let up 38 versus the Ravens, were walked all over, let up 30 versus the Bengals, and really were not consistent in taking advantage of a terrible, terrible Bengals offensive line. Um, except for one awesome strip sack from Miles Garrett that set them up for an easy score. Game two was an improvement. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were amazing. OBJ had a couple of big plays, especially in the first half he got going. And I do think that there's upside with, with the weapons of this offensive unit, and that's why I took them going to the playoffs in the first place because I think that in the modern NFL, offense is, as far as regular season success goes, a lot more valuable than defense. It's about putting up points right now. Um, but I don't feel assured in their defense enough to bet on them making the playoffs, even though I think that it's a weak AFC and seven playoff teams coming out of this conference are tough to imagine just because I don't see that many playoff caliber teams right now. And they do have some incredible offensive talent, some questionable play calling at times. We'll see how Stefanski does uh, as, as at head coach for this entire year. It'll be an interesting experiment for them. Certainly an upgrade from Freddie kitchens, even if he was just gonna go out there and, and, throw a ball at Odell's head every time that would still be better than Freddie kitchens, but I'm not optimistic. I, I think obviously they have a tough schedule within their division, relatively easy outside of it, but four games against the Steelers and Ravens doesn't bode all that well. And I thought that this was going to be a prove it year for these guys. I thought that I picked miles Garrett to win Depoy because I thought he's going to come out here and make a statement. I picked, I picked this team to make the playoffs because I thought Odell Baker, these guys who have been counted out, and are so talented are going to go out there and prove it this year. And then Odell had 22 yards in week one and they scored six points and it was not a promising performance. So you, you were already on this. You were saying that you were going to make fun of me. Now I've hedged my bets to where I can say if they do make the playoffs, I can say I predicted that. And if they don't, I can say I gave up on that prediction as quickly as I possibly could. What are your thoughts on this? I think we're seeing the effects of this Browns defense losing Joe Schobert. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize uh, what a dominant run stopper and what a good tackler he was for this defense. Um, they're getting exposed a week in, week out, and it's not the individual said. 
Uh, you have Miles Garrett. You have Adrian Claiborne. You have Denzel Ward. It's mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Stefanski is a coaching issue, and I question if this defense doesn't improve. I wonder if Stefanski gets the boot after one year. Uh, Stefanski is an offensive coach. I'm glad that we saw the offensive uproar against the Bengals because if the Browns if the Browns didn't show up against Cincinnati, we could. This would obviously be a very different conversation. Um, yeah. Carson, so for you, what is record-wise, what do you think the Browns finish out at? I think that they're still around 500. And this, to me, was a bold take when I made it. It was sort of just, I looked at the pool of talent among the AFC wildcard teams, and I was like, no one's that compelling. The Browns have the most talent on paper. I think that they're still probably around 8-8, eight and eight, but listen, it's an interesting point about Stefanski. I really don't think it's going to happen, and it's way too early to say anything like that, but the Browns do love firing coaches after one year. Kitchen's obviously the most recent example. I remember back in the day, Rob Chazinski only got one year, so they're not afraid to do it, um, and I don't know. We'll see if Stefanski earns his job out there. Let's move on. What is your second retraction? Uh, my second retraction is uh, I think the Green Bay Packers will dethrone the Vikings as division champs. Um, I guess I underestimated Aaron Rodgers, which is, you know, something that you probably shouldn't do. Uh, this Packers offense had 522 yards more than any other team in week one. They scored on 70% of their drives, and the offensive line didn't allow a sack. More importantly, Aaron Rodgers exposed this young secondary. Uh, Cameron Dantzler and Mike Hughes got dogged the entire game by Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scandling. Uh, Rodgers, 364 yards, four TDs. Adams, 14 catches, 156 yards, and two TDs. Uh, this Vikings defense is clearly, in my eyes, taking a step back, although – I have to admit, they're not at full strength. They don't have everybody out there yet. They didn't trot everybody out week one against the Packers. Um, I think the silver lining for this Vikings team is that their offensive line, their young offensive line, did look good, and the offense put up some points to match the Packers. I still think this Vikings team can make the playoffs, but the Packers are clearly the team to beat in this division. Um, They didn't take a step back defensively. I think the Smith brothers, and that's why ultimately I think this defense uh, this offensive line for the Vikings looked good. Uh, Cousins didn't get hit a lot. And I think mm-hmm. against a great pass rush like the Packers have, um, this Vikings team isn't terrible. They put up a valiant effort, but uh, I think the Packers are clearly the team to beat in the NFC North. Well, we have a very similar take, Logan, because I came on preseason and I was adamantly anti-Packers. I was saying they were a fraudulent 13-3 and team. We saw that exposed in the playoffs. We see that with the point differential. As much as I love Aaron Rodgers, when you have two years of production from him where he has just 25 and 26 touchdowns in back-to-back seasons, you at some point have to acknowledge that maybe he's dropped off a bit. I'm walking all the way back on that. I think we're in for a special Aaron Rodgers season. And he was unbelievable in week one. 32 for 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns. Going up against the Vikings defense that obviously lost uh, Everson Griffin, lost Xavier Rhodes in the, in the offseason. Still, the Vikings have been a top five defense for, it feels like, more than half a decade. They've been incredibly consistent, and maybe they've taken a step back, but I still think it's really impressive to put up 43 points against that unit. Devontae Adams, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Valdez Scanling, 96 yards and a touchdown. Five players had at least four receptions, and even over these past couple seasons, again, in which Rodgers had just had 51 total passing touchdowns playing every single game, He's always had at least one single game explosion where he goes crazy has five or six touchdowns just because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's probably the most talented quarterback of all time, but man, he looked good. He has the weapons. 
I'm a bit of an Aaron Jones skeptic just because I think that the touchdown numbers sort of made us think a little bit too highly of him last season, and he was pretty inconsistent. But in the scheme of things, he's a pretty darn good running back, and I think that there's a lot of talent with this team. The question is, do they hold up defensively? I don't know. At the, and that's why I'm not going to go all the way out there and say that I think that they are the team to beat in the NFC North and go back on my Vikings pick. I'm not going to be that radical, but I do feel like I underestimated Aaron Rodgers. I said that I didn't feel as confident in him carrying them this year, and I'm already walking back on that because he's motivated, it seems. Obviously, there's a little bit of a fire under his rear because of the Jordan Love edition, and I'm excited to see how this plays out because he's truly one of my favorite football players to watch. Let's move on. What is your third retraction, Logan? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I don't think, wins Rookie of the Year. And uh, this is coming you know, right off of Joe Burrow's hot performance against the Browns. Uh, mm. I'm hopping on the Burrow bandwagon, Carson. Mm. I just think I, I don't want to test uh, Taylor getting his touches. And I think that the offense has opened up a little more after the Marlon Mack injury, but it's still dependent on Frank Reich and Phillip Rivers getting Jonathan Taylor the ball. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take a guy on Philip Rivers' team. Maybe it's out of spite. Maybe it's not. But I know mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is going to have everyone behind him, Zach Taylor. And we touched on the Browns' defense. I don't think that they're the joke that Baltimore and Cincinnati have made them out to be. I mm-hmm. don't think they're going to be that bad as the season gets along. I think they've got a lot of young guys. I think they're going to get better. And like I said, individual talent-wise, they stack up. Also, Joe Burrow, he looked fearless against the Browns. It's yeah. not like they're – slouches on that Browns D-line. They're monsters. Larry yeah. Ogunjobi's huge. Claiborne, Miles Garrett, like I said. And Burrow stood in there and threw 61 passes. Mm-hmm. If Zach Taylor has enough comp or a rookie quarterback out there and have him sling the ball 61 times, then I'm all in. I'm going to take Burrow and I'm going to take him to win rookie of the year. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weapons there. Tyler Boyd, I uh, no Eifert's in Jacksonville. Uh, Uzoma, who caught a touchdown. Uh, AJ Green. Uh, everything in my eyes is adding up to Joe Burrow winning Rookie of the Year this season. Although I have to say, the Bengals' schedule is not easy. Mm-hmm. They have uh, not only do you play the Steelers' defense and the Ravens' defense twice, which we haven't seen yet. I think uh, they take on the Washington Football Team. They take on the Dallas Cowboys. They take on the Tennessee Titans as well. I think it could be a long season for Burrow uh, pass rush wise, because they're going up against a lot of teams with a lot of dogs, but uh, Burrow is going to be the engine of this offense. And uh, I'm hitting the gas all season long. Yeah. I love Burrow. He was incredible under some really difficult circumstances. My concern is as Peyton T Gallagher put it to me on the phone today, Joe Burrow is going to die because The weapons around him are nice. The O-line is just not there, and they're not going to be able to establish the run to alleviate that pressure from him. They're certainly not going to be able to protect him, and I I hope that he can just hold up for 16 games. I hope that he can hold up to the pressure because it's so important for a rookie season, going just beyond the awards, for him to feel comfortable in his situation, for him to feel confident, and Joe Burrow is not a man who seems to be lacking in confidence and deservedly so he's coming off of the greatest collegiate season of all time, but this is a precarious situation for him right now. So we'll see if the Bengals can turn it around going up against, as you mentioned, some intimidating teams. I believe in him. I'm going to stick with my pick of his LSU teammate, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is my pick for the award. I think that um, there are some compelling options this year. You know, Henry Ruggs looked really good in week one. I love Jerry Judy as a talent. Taylor had a pretty good week one, 
but Naheem Hines managed to be the star of, of that backfield. So it's an interesting pick. I'm not opposed to it because I do believe that Burrow is special, but I am worried about how he holds up in this situation because it's a, it's a pretty difficult spot, even though they do have the talent around him in the skill positions. My prediction, or excuse me, my retraction relates to the man who Joe Burrow has probably been compared to way too many times. I was pretty high on the Bucks in my preseason predictions. I predict they go 11-5. and five. I'm not going to come down here and say they're not going to be a playoff team or anything like that, but I don't think they're going to go 11-5. and five. Mike Evans had one catch. That's not going to happen to much. He's been one of the most consistent forces in the NFL for a handful of years now. We'll see if maybe Leonard Fournette can win that job from Ronald Jones. Obviously, he just got into Tampa Bay less than a week ago, so I don't think Fournette's the greatest, but he did have 1,600 yards from scrimmage or whatever last season, so he may raise their ceiling a bit. Gronk, two catches for 11 yards. Obviously, he's an uncertain commodity at this point. We don't know if that'll really get better uh, versus Evans definitely will get better, but there's potential there. There's intrigue. I do feel like the Gronk edition was always a little bit overrated just because we saw what he was in his last pro season. And it was a phenomenal blocking tight end and a solid receiving tight end, not exactly a game changing player like he was earlier in his career. And then the most important part of this entire equation, probably Brady didn't look great. He shouldn't have to do all that much for this team to be good because they have such incredible weapons that Really, he should be able to just make a bunch of simple reads and, and quick passes and find these incredibly talented weapons around him, and they will take it from there and, and make things happen. His Bucks defense did look solid, I think, despite letting up 34 points to the Saints. A few turnovers sort of made it so they had to cover some short fields, and I don't think you can really hold that against him. But I think it was a rough game against a really good team in the Saints, a team that I kind of thought was going to be their equal because I believe so much in the offensive talent of this Bucks team and thought their defense was good enough. I don't think the Saints are their equal. Uh, and I think I was probably a little bit too high on this team. I'm a little bit concerned about Brady at 43. Um, and so I think I was a little overly ambitious. I'm not going off the bandwagon. I'm not saying I think they're going to be terrible. I still think there's talent here. And again, Brady's job isn't all that hard. And if this defense can step up and be a slightly above average defense, I think they're a playoff team, but 11 and five, probably not. What do you think about that? Uh, I also, I thought about making a Bucks take on here. I thought about, you know, having the stereotypical Brady is washed Max Kellerman take. Uh, I'm not because honestly, the Buccaneers game to me against the Saints, it, I think the Buccaneers are going to be a very good team. I don't think... I'm not hopping off the bandwagon. I think uh, you mentioned this defense. Levante David and Devin uh, White are going to have a amazing season. They're one of the best linebacker duos in the league. I think offensively, you mentioned Mike Evans. Uh, I think he was fighting through an injury um, as well uh, for that one catch. I think that this team is going to be very good. And I think you get Fournette in the starting job. I think it makes uh, – I don't want Ronald Jones out there. Ronald Jones stinks compared yeah. to Fournette. Uh, the concern for me is still the Buccaneers O-line. I don't think that this offensive line can protect Brady all season long. There are going to be those matchups against the Saints where you got to take on the Cam Jordans, when you got to take on hard pass rushes, and I think Brady's going to get killed. As for Brady himself, as much as I enjoyed watching him lose, I don't think Brady's fully washed, but his arm for me is still a concern. I don't know how far he can get the ball downfield. And mm -hmm. the guy in the same game, I don't know how good Drew Brees is going to be the rest of the year. He's my MVP pick, but both of these guys look like their arms are 
they're not noodle arms, but there's something that's lacking there. And yeah. it's definitely a concern because in these big playoff moments, you're going to need big time throws. And while Brady has the weapons around him, that pick six in the game was his fault. Like mm-hmm. that pick six was because Brady did not get enough juice under that ball. Um, so Carson, what is your official drop then? You picked them to go eleven and five. What do you are you expecting? Playoffs still nine and seven? What, what I, are you feeling? I still think they're a playoff team. Um, because I don't want to go. You know, Brady was still able to captain a twelve and four team last year, and obviously they were one of the great defenses of all time. The Bucks are not going to replicate that. He also did it with almost no weapons around him, though. Twenty four touchdowns, eight picks last year. If he can just limit those mistakes the touchdown numbers are going to go up just as a product of the talent around him. The question is, has he really dropped off? And I'm not ready to say that after one game. Let me ask you, and this isn't an official prediction or anything, but any thought about retracting the breeze pick for you? Because we saw some incredible quarterback performances in week one. Mahomes, Russell Wilson was outstanding. Aaron Rodgers was almost perfect. Breeze at 41, a little wavering maybe? I thought about it as one of my retractions just because yeah. of how much young quarterback talent there is in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just want to see it. So I'm not, yeah. so I'm not yeah. going back on it. Yeah. <laughs> Russ was so incredible. And I was talking about on our predictions pod, how I really thought about picking him for MVP just because I think, I honestly think, and this may sound crazy, it's almost 1A and 1B for me with with Mahomes and him. Like, I think Russell Wilson is that good. The fact that he doesn't have an MVP is insane if you look at what he's done over the past few seasons. And I do think the Seahawks are going to be the best team in the NFC. So it's still tough for me to pick against Mahomes because I think the Chiefs are going to be that good. And he didn't do anything to disprove that in week one. He was fantastic. But man, Russ is so good and he is the kind of guy who just wins you every close game. The man is unbelievable, and I do feel like if that narrative picks up, if because people expected the Chiefs to be so good and because they expect so much from Mahomes, if they are just around what people expected, meanwhile the Seahawks go 12-4, and 13-3, and three, and Russ has 40 touchdowns, I do feel like he could go out there and take it. So I thought about that. I think Russ is a good pick, too, and you say 1A and 1B. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is on Patrick Mahomes' level. I don't care about arm talent. Russell Wilson is just a pure good quarterback. Um, And what's most amazing to me about about Russ is his offensive lines have never been dominant. He's never played behind a a really great offensive line. I want to see Russ with with time, with weapons. And he wins with such, I'm not going to say lackluster pieces, but Mm -hmm. to me, other teams like the Buccaneers, like the Saints, there are so many more weapons. And even the Chiefs, there's so many more weapons around these guys. And yet, Russell just wins. And mm-hmm. also, last thing on Russ, he doesn't have an MVP. He doesn't have an MVP vote, Carson. No one has ever said Russell Wilson is the most valuable player wow. in the league. He has not received one vote. That's incredible. His last three seasons have been unbelievably impressive, considering, as you mentioned, the lack of an offensive line. The defense has not been dominant over these past three seasons at all. It took a drop-off, and yet there's still a playoff team every year and he, is, he deserves to be in that conversation every single year. Let's move into our overreactions. Now, the retractions are an overreaction in their own way, but these overreactions don't have to relate to our predictions. So, Logan, what's your first overreaction from week one? Let's rev it up, Carson. I'm throwing oh, the man. bills out the window. 
And I'm taking the Steelers to the Super Bowl, Carson. That's what's happening right now. No team has a better pass rush in the league. Bud Dupree played like a man who wanted his money, and if the Steelers can depend on him for another consistent season, this defense will be number one or number two in football. Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt are rocks on the D-line, but the two guys to watch on this defense are TJ Watt and Devin Bush. I expect a Shazier-esque season from Bush. He's an amazing tackler, he's blazing fast, and he just knows where to be. But you know about the defense already, so let's talk about the offense, because I was skeptical. James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster look like completely different receivers from last season with Ben back on the field. Claypool had that crazy snag near the sideline. He's going to play that Martavis Bryant, Plaxico Burris role. And once Ebron and Big Ben get on the same page, it's over for the rest of the league. Finally, Bendy Snell is the best running back on this roster. I love James Conner. I love his story, as does everyone in Pittsburgh. But the man cannot stay healthy. He is made of glass. He also... He looks scared. He doesn't want the football. So stop giving it to him. Give me Benny Snell. Give me hard-nosed football. Now, I think this offensive line is going to suffer without Zach Banner because he's out for the season. I think it's a torn ACL, which I does, which I, I think hinders us a little bit. But we have guys that can fill in, Matt Filer, whoever else is on that, on our backup O-line to run in. Um we're going to the Super Bowl, Carson. I threw the Bills out, and I like the pick. I think the Bills are going to be close, but we look good again. Listen, I like it more than the Bills pick. I have thought for some time that the Steelers are going to be the third best team in the AFC, not a division winner because of the Ravens, but I think the Steelers are incredibly talented, and I think that it was pretty predictable that the drop-off we saw from Juju last year is not the kind of thing that is going to be a permanent issue. The man is an all-world talent, and he just happened to have – Duck and Mason throwing to him for a whole year. Listen, the Steelers could very easily be the best defense in football. They have Big Ben, a guy who last time we saw him threw for 5,200 yards and 34 touchdowns and legitimately carried that offense. Uh, you know, a couple of really quality running backs in Benny Snell and, and James Conner. I, listen, I think it's radical. I think it's also a dramatic change from preseason to week one to go from one insane Super Bowl pick to another insane Super Bowl pick, but I like it more than your first Super Bowl pick. And you're really helping the nerd sesh brand here because if you say enough times that one of our favorite teams is going to make the Super Bowl, then they probably will. Um, but I listen, it's radical. I don't hate it. I think the Steelers are that good. I am really excited for the first time we see them play the Ravens to see who can sort of establish themselves as the Kings of that division. And I really am looking for what we see from Ben this year because he had a good first week. What level of play do you think we see from him for the rest of the season coming off of obviously missing all, almost all of last year with injury? A, a bit of a caveat because the only, the only team we've played so far is the Giants. That's why we're coming in overreacting. Yeah. It's not like the Giants are an all-world defense. Um, Big Ben is just such a smart player. And what I mean by James Washington and Juju – I'm going to be honest. I think James Washington led us in receiving yards last year. But watching football, Deontay Johnson was clearly the most talented receiver with Duck and Mason. Mm -hmm. um, James looks confident. All he knew at o Oklahoma State was streak route, go over the top, let Mason Rudolph chuck it up to him. Uh, the, the rapport with these guys and Ben, I think, is next level. I think yeah. these guys know where to be. They know where to be in the progressions. They know how many steps to take. They know where to cut. And honestly, Carson – Big Ben is – I want you to watch a two-minute offense with the Pittsburgh Steelers because we don't turn to Randy Finkner uh, when, mm -hmm. in these two-minute situations. 
Finkner goes to Ben and says, or no, Ben says, bye, Finkner. I'm taking the offense. I'm running it. And that is when our mm-hmm. offense runs best. I think if, if this offense, if Mike Tomlin would just say, Ben, all the plays you run the game, I think we would overall be one of the better offenses in the league because Big Ben changes our offense so dramatically. He makes us a Super Bowl contender. And I don't know if we're going to see 5,000-yard Big Ben. I think we're easily going to see 30 TDs. I think we're going to see 4,000 yards. And I'm praying, please do not give me a classic five-interception, six-pick Big Ben game at any point in the season because it will crush my spirit. But if the tendon is, is healed as he says it is, full steam ahead. Listen, 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown Big Ben is going to have this team on the brink of Super Bowl contention, in my opinion. Look at what they did with Duck and Mason. They, were, they, they entered the playoff conversation late in the season somehow because their defense was that special, and they have some serious weapons, man. When Chase Claypool is your number four receiver, that shows the kind of talent they have. Deontay Johnson, I think, is the kind of guy who more and more people are going to be talking about as this season goes on, and... Juju, to me, is in for a monster 1,200-plus yard big-time season because this is bounce-back time for him. He was a star very early. He had a rough season last year, and I think he comes right back because that talent has not faded at all. My first overreaction, and this is a really bold one, and it might be too bold. I think all four NFC West teams can go 500-plus. Now, it's almost impossible to do because they all play each other six times, but... I think the Cardinals really have something. Kyler Murray, 321 yards of offense, 230 passing, 91 rushing. D-Hop is so important to this team and so valuable. And to have just a safety valve like that, 14 catches for 151 yards in week one, absolutely unbelievable. There's a reason he's been first-team All-Pro for the last couple seasons. The guy is special. And for a second-year quarterback, with all the talent in the world in Kyler Murray, Having that kind of guy who we can just throw the ball up to and say, go make something happen. I need you to bail me out here. That's so important. And he didn't have that last year. And most young guys never have that. But we saw how much it helped Deshaun Watson, who was one of the league's bright young stars, having D-Hop. And maybe it can have that same effect, for, same effect for Kyler Murray. I think their defense has improved enough. I'm not overly high on it. But it was a really good win for them versus the Niners. And yes, the Niners are really without almost all of their offensive rep weapons in the receiving game. Ayuk is out. Debo is out. But it was still a good win for the Cardinals, and they should have won by more if, if a couple more field goals went in. The Rams are the other team that I was not all that high on. I, talk, I think I said that they were going to be 7-9. and nine. Their defense really impressed me. They shut the Cowboys out in two quarters, held them to 17 points. I still have a lot of faith in that Cowboys offense. I think that they're going to be fantastic. Malcolm Brown with 110 total yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's at least good enough to me. And again, the reason I think that this Rams ceiling isn't as high is because Gurley is what made them special. But will they be good enough with Goff and McVay and and Woods and Cooper Cup and Malcolm Brown? It certainly seems like it, especially when their defense is playing well. So I'm trusting them a little bit more. Seahawks and Niners, I think, speak for themselves. I think that this is far and away the best division in football. I think most people would have said that coming into this season, but week one to me just affirmed that because the two teams that I was probably most skeptical, skeptical about picked up real quality wins. The Seahawks were outstanding and the Niners, if they don't go 500, 
the Super Bowl hangover precedent says that maybe that could happen, but that would be pretty disappointing considering their talent. What do you think about this one, Logan? Is it, is it too much? No, I love this take because it plays right into my next take, Carson. The San Francisco 49ers miss the playoffs. That's how hot I'm coming in. They play in the toughest division in football, as you said. The Cardinals are no joke. They have D-Hop. They got Kyler Murray. They're going to be hard to handle for another game. You've got the Rams twice, and I think the Rams are legit. I think Jared Goff, and as you mentioned, that Malcolm Brown boy is a beast. The receiving core is not falling off. I have my concerns about their defense, but Ramsey can clamp. And as for the Seahawks, they're just good every year. For the Niners, though, they have a lackluster receiving core. Their quarterback is mediocre. Jimmy G is an average quarterback, in my opinion. And I think we're seeing it. I think we saw it play out against the Cardinals. When they don't have that dominant rushing attack from Matt Breda, from, as Breda's in Miami now, from Tevin Coleman, from Mostert, you see the effect it has on the offense. It doesn't open up the rest of the game. And with Richard Sherman going down, I have serious concerns moving forward about the secondary. Um, to me, this team has taken a step back. Uh, any team right out of the Super Bowl does. Mm-hmm. This is an average quarterback, a mediocre receiving core. This offense is average, and their schedule is not easy. Now, they've got Giants, Eagles, Dolphins. I think that the next three games, they win them all, and they fool a lot of people. They're sitting at 3-1, and one, and people are going, okay, the Niners are charging forward. Then they play the Rams at home. Could be a loss. They play the Patriots. Could be a loss with Newton. Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Rams, Bills. Then they play the football team, and we know how dominant the pass rush in Washington is. That could cause issues. Then they play the Cowboys. They play the Cardinals again, and then they play the Seahawks, and that's their schedule. That is brutal. That is so tough. And it's not really – I think the Niners are not as good a football team, but their schedule is so hard. Personally, Carson, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I think this 49ers squad is closer to being the West Coast Tennessee Titans than people realize. Ooh, that's a little bit radical for me. The reason it's a little bit radical is I do still have faith in their run game. I I think that Shanahan is an offensive genius, and I think that when we see Debo and Ayuk back out there, their weapons are are on another level, and I think Jimmy G is better than Tannehill. But listen, this is a radical take, and you're coming in hot with these, and I love them because we've seen one week of football, and that's fantastic. I do think this Niners team will look better with Debo and Ayuk back. I think that those are two really talented weapons who Shanahan is very well aware of how to utilize. But the schedule, and I brought this up, this is why I have the Niners going 9-7 and seven and sneaking into the wild card. I still think they're a really talented football team, but this is a really, really difficult schedule. And if they're not at their best, and if they don't start off this season 5-1 and one or so over those first six games, as I said, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. And now this is a loss in the game that if you looked at on the schedule before the season, you're thinking that's probably going to be a win. The Cardinals are good. They deserve that win. But that's the kind of loss that they can't get back. And they're going to have to make that up somewhere potentially on their schedule down the road against a better real playoff caliber team. So I would like to correct. They play the Jets next week, so I can see them starting off four and one. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't wait until the Niners go on like this really hot run, and we just get mirror <laughs> of last season when every week I came on Nerd Session said the Niners suck. They're not legit, <laughs> and then they just ran the table. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, it's your anti Bay Area bias. Speaking of the Bay Area, 
a team that no longer plays in Oakland. I think the Vegas Raiders are better than expected. And I thought that their offense looked really good in week one. We've seen Derek Carr have success before when you put weapons around him. Obviously, he took the Raiders to 12-4. and four. I think that Ruggs, Jacobs, and, and Waller are the best trio of weapons ever put around him. Jacobs, I think we could see involved even more in the receiving game. He was fantastic as a rookie, had four catches for 46 yards in week one versus only 166 yards receiving last year. That takes him to another level to where maybe we're talking about a borderline all-pro running back. That's tough in, in this NFL because you have McCaffrey and Henry and Chubb and all of those guys, but... I don't know if I'm going to go out there and say they're a playoff team, but in the AFC where the wild card spots are, are open for the taking where it's probably either going to be a Patriots team or a Titans team that I don't feel all that great about, or a Browns team that I just, again, retracted my pick about maybe the Raiders sneak in and grab that spot. I think that they're definitely the second best team in the AFC West. And I think that offense is going to move on people. 34 points in week one were not hard to come by for them. Will they get enough stops? That to me is an important question, and I'm, not, and I'm not sure that I have faith in their defense, but I think that Chucky and the boys are going to at least make a little bit of noise this year, and I don't know, maybe make a playoff push. At the very least, I think that they're a team that I wasn't really considering as a threat to take the wild card spot that after a week, I'm like, they should definitely be in that conversation. Carson, I'm grinning ear to ear because this is my third take. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I think the Raiders make the playoffs, and I originally picked the Broncos to go eight and eight or nine and seven and take that last spot. But mm-hmm. to me, I think people are sleeping on the Raiders. Not only as you mentioned because of their great offense, but you allow thirty points to the Panthers, and oh, they're pushovers. This Panthers offense is legit. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey, and Robbie Anderson are great. They're a great trio, and they're going to light Moore it up too. offensively. But you see their defense. Yeah. And we see all their defense let them down. Uh, Carson, I love it. I'm right there with you. I think people are sleeping on this team. And I didn't like what we saw out of their defense week one, but they're so young and they're just getting back to full health. Mm-hmm. I think that this team is deadly because as the season gets along, these young guys are going to get better and better. They're going to get more confident. And I think a Raiders playoff push is definitely in the cards. Let me ask you this. Does Derek Carr put a ceiling on this team? I don't think he does. I, I think, well, I mean, obviously there is some sort because right. there are better quarterbacks in the league, but I think Derek Carr gets way too much disrespect among football fans, among media, just because mm-hmm. the Raiders as a team have not been very good. Carr is, uh, people forget, what was it, 2016? I'm going to pull up his numbers real quick. Yeah. Uh, Carr lit it up. He almost had an MVP caliber season and uh, yeah, uh, 25th and 32 TDs, 13 picks. The next season, 28 touchdowns and six. Obviously, we've not seen that same kind of production in that 2016 year where he went 12 and three. But I don't think Derek Carr is as bad as people make him out to be. And ceiling wise, I would take my honest opinion. I would take Derek Carr over a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a better, wow. smarter quarterback. I think that I think that Carr does limit this team because he's not the fastest. He doesn't have a biggest arm, but he's a smart guy. He makes good decisions, and he doesn't turn the ball over as much as other quarterbacks. And with his Gruden system, I think that his role is mostly going to be hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And as you saw in week one, 
Henry Ruggs, you mentioned, he has a different dynamic for this team. Not only deep threat and as a guy who can take the top off, he keeps defenses honest. You mm-hmm. can't drop that safety in the box to go and hit big Josh Jacobs because you need a guy back there to defend against Ruggs. Um, yeah. I'm all Raiders. I'm ready to go. Yeah, listen, this team was 7-9 and nine last year. I see zero reasons why they wouldn't be better than that this year. And I also believe in, in Carr. I think that he's a really good decision maker, and I think that he can throw the football. And when you put talented players around him, like we saw in that 2016 season, they can be really, really good. So I think that there's potential here, and uh, I'm glad that we lined up on it. My last overreaction from week one relates to another AFC West team. I think that the the Los Angeles Chargers are winning five games or less this year. And they did pick up a win in week one, 16-13 versus the Bengals. So off to a bit of a rocky start there. But a Tyra Taylor may be the worst starting quarterback in football week one. I think that in the conversation you have, you have Fitzmagic. Maybe some people would throw Haskins in there. I personally might throw Sam Darnold in there. I really think that he's on that level. But I'll take Fitzpatrick over Tyrod for sure because he can go out there and win me a game. Tyrod was 16 of 30 for 208 yards and zero touchdowns in week one. Just vintage. Just absolutely what you would expect from him. They do have the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Jags left on the schedule. So those, those are three pretty good-looking games. And the AFC West isn't exactly a bruising division outside of the Chiefs. But I'm just going all in on this because, Logan, they were 5-11 and 11 with Phillip Rivers. And maybe you're not the guy to make this argument to because you hate Phillip Rivers. But Phillip Rivers is sure as hell a lot better than Tyrod Taylor. And yes, they were probably better than their record last year. But I don't really know why the consensus was sort of just that they were going to improve. Because do you have that much faith in defensive improvements from an addition like, like a Chris Harris Jr.? I like Linval Joseph. He's an upgrade, but he's one player on this entire defensive unit. Derwin James is still out for this entire season. And you look at the Chargers' weapons and you think, oh, those are pretty nice. Eckler, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams. They're useless with Tyrod Taylor. He doesn't do anything, especially Eckler even himself is such a receiving back. He's more of a receiver than a running back, so they're not going to establish the run game. How are you going to put up points then? How are you going to put up points if you don't have an elite running attack and Tyrod Taylor is your quarterback? The Bills could barely put up points when LaShawn McCoy might have been the best running back in football because Tyrod is captain check down. He's scared. He's not going to take advantage of these guys. They're average defensively. Listen, they have some great individual names, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, who again is not going to be playing this season. Casey Hayward's a great player, but I don't think it's enough to override what was an average defense last year. I don't see them taking a big step forward there And this offense is not going to be explosive ever. They can't be explosive with Tyra at the helm. And there's a reason that this guy was sitting as the backup in Cleveland for the past couple years because he's not good. And I wonder if we'll see the Justin Herbert movement. I don't think that necessarily makes them better because I don't trust a rookie Justin Herbert all that much. But honestly, it probably is better than Tyrod because there's no upside here. And I think that this is a a rough year in Los Angeles and people will be calling for, for Tyrod's head pretty soon. And listen... That happens a lot because I remember very clearly when the Buffalo Bills were en route to their first playoff season in 20 years and in week 14 or whatever, Tyrod had been so bad that he got yanked for Nathan Peterman. Was that the right decision? No. 
Nathan Peterman threw five interceptions in two and a half quarters, but it made a statement. It was an anti-Tyrod statement. So the Chargers, to me, it, it almost doesn't matter. They're not going to have a dominant defense, and that's not enough to overcome what they have with a disadvantage of Tyrod at quarterback. What do you think? I'm just waiting for Tyrod to get dealt to the Jets so we can start in front of Trevor Lawrence next season. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, Tyrod in the Ty- Jets? Could you imagine? Jets fans would be sadder than ever, and their entire existence is sadness. Dude, he is – I feel so bad for Tyrod because he is just a – he's the transition guy. He yeah. is the – he's the rebound guy. You're, they're just biding their time until he goes – until he blows a game and they go, all right, Herbert, get in there. See what happens. Yeah. Um, as for the Chargers, I think you're underselling them a little bit. With uh, Now, with Ty- Tyrod, I completely agree. He's captain check down. He's not going to go out there and win you games. He's just going to not lose you games. I do think this defense is solid, and I don't think it's individual names. I think the linebacking core is definitely lacking with a rookie Kenneth Murray Jr. in there and no clear star. But uh, Joey Bosa is a tremendous pass rusher. Uh, Linval Joseph uh, eats blocks, and Melvin Ingram is still solid. I think name it's, value. It's a, good, I still it's, a, think, it's a good front four. And I, I think Chris Harris Jr. and Casey Hayward Jr. are going to be as solid as ever back there. I mean, you saw what Cincinnati scored 13 points on them, should have scored 16 because of Randy Bullock's missed kick. But uh, I think this defense is solid. I think the five wins prediction that is going in the defense but you're right on the tie rod uh, aspects the man is you're just not going to get a game winning drive out of tie rod you're not going to get a big time throw you're not going to get the things that you need out of a quarterback Uh, Carson how long do you think it is until we see Justin Herbert what happens in a game to put Herbert in I don't know I think probably around week nine week ten and that's always when it seems to be. I think the, the clamoring is probably going to come to a point where they're going to look at this roster and say, we're too talented to be where we're, where we're at right now. Let's take a chance. Because it's not like you're going to be throwing Herbert into the fire. That's part of the reason why I think it makes a little bit more sense. There's a solid foundation with this roster, and they already have their guys. So they don't want to go out there and lose 11 games again because they have the quarterback who they have faith in in Justin Herbert. So give him a shot out there. He's not going to be eaten alive. It's not Joe Burrow with the Bengals or any Jets quarterback of the last 20 years. (laughs) So I think that we will probably see that at some point. The thing with Tyrod is sometimes he's not bad enough to turn heads because he doesn't turn the ball over and he doesn't really lose you games, but he's certainly not going to go out there and win you any. That's all I have on Tyrod. And that's all we have today. So we're nearing week two now. Uh, It's going to be an exciting one and it's incredible to have football back. What an unbelievable time to be a sports fan we are in right now. And I feel very lucky to, to get to watch and then to get to talk about it here on this podcast. So that's going to do it. I've been Carson Brabber. I've been Logan Camden. And this was NerdSack. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash slash iHeart.